Somewhere, there is a grieving mother. Somewhere, there are siblings wondering what had happened to their sister. Somewhere, there is a missing girl, and the answer may lie in Rainbow Falls, Colorado. This is Season 5, Episode 2, Jane Doe of Rainbow Falls, Colorado. On June 15, 1993, a young woman's body was found in a campground just northwest of Colorado Springs, Colorado. She was found half-naked, only wearing a Harley-Davidson t-shirt and some jewelry. She had no other belongings or identification on or near her body. Investigators determined she had a head injury, which most likely was her cause of death. Investigators believed that the missing girl would pop up on databases and the victim identified and perhaps the murder solved. But the case was colder than cold. There were virtually zero leads and investigators could not even identify the victim. The case has been one of the most frustrating of all cold cases in Colorado. Investigators have reopened the case numerous times throughout the years in an effort to keep the case alive and in hope of bringing justice for the victim and closure for a family. In 2012, the coroner's office was directed to exhume her body, which lay in a pauper's field to extract new DNA in hopes of finding a database match. Her femur was extracted for isotope testing and sent to the Smithsonian Institute. They determined that Jane Doe was most likely Canadian, coming from the provinces of British Columbia, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Newfoundland, Labrador, and possibly, but with a lower determination, eastern Quebec. They also believe she may have come from the state of Alaska. Her DNA and fingerprints had been sent to all U.S. states in the past, excluding Hawaii and Alaska. Now, investigators have sent both to Alaska and Canada in hopes of finding a match. Two artists used clay to come up with a physical, three-dimensional model of what Jane Doe may have looked like. These images, along with others, will be made available on our Facebook group. Even though these images went out locally to the public, no tips had surfaced. Locally, a new DNA extractor called an MVAC was used on the t-shirt to extract Jane Doe's DNA, along with any possible murder suspect DNA. In addition, local law enforcement are presenting the case to the FBI to see if they can help in any manner. We will be right back with Unsolved Mysteries of the World, but first, here is a word from our sponsor. Colorado is an amazing state offering the grandeur of the Rocky Mountains, the open plains of the West, and canyon and river valleys like no other state. Experience This 360 just released a host of destination guides to the state of Colorado. Just visit www.experiencethis360.com to read or listen to a series of Colorado travel guides. Now, back to the podcast. Just before Jane Doe was discovered, 
There was a Vietnam veterans motorcycle gathering just north of the area, and investigators believe someone there may know more about Jane Doe, especially with her attire of a Harley Davidson t-shirt. However, many of the individuals from this group have never spoken up. Very few have even come forward to say they even don't know anything. Investigators also believe that an arrest of three individuals just prior to Jane Doe's murder may be connected. Officers arrested three young individuals, one of which somewhat matches Jane Doe's description. However, these individuals all gave false identification to law enforcement. None of these individuals have come forward. Their images will also be made available on our Facebook page. Jane Doe was about 17 to 25 years old at the time of her murder in 1993. She was between 5'3 to 5'8 in height, weighing between 130 to 160 pounds. Her hair was shoulder length, light brown to blonde, and may have been dyed. She was found wearing a black short sleeve Harley Davidson t-shirt with a picture of a motorcycle. She was also wearing a yellow metal pinky ring, a yellow metal necklace with a black crystal pendant, clear stone stud earrings, and a necklace with a wizard hand holding a round tiger eye stone pendant. She had pierced ears and excellent teeth with no fillings. She had a well-heeled horizontal surgical scar on her upper left abdomen, the result of her spleen having been surgically removed during her lifetime. No trace of illegal drugs were found in her body, nor evidence of sexual assault by intercourse. However, they have not ruled out the possibility of non-intercourse sexual assault or contact. Investigators found characteristics that indicated she might have been very well cared for prior to her death. She was healthy, with no sign of disease. Investigators also hint that she may be a runaway from Louisiana. However, this information is very weak. Prior to the discovery of Jane Doe, a runaway teenager had been arrested saying she was from Louisiana. She gave a fake name, but her photo was taken. She ran away from the halfway house she was staying at, and initially, officers believed it may have been her they found at Rainbow Falls, as the photo and the reconstruction somewhat matched. Investigators determined that Jane Doe had been deceased about two to three days prior to her body being discovered by a hiker. The makeshift campground was rural, but it appears as if the perpetrator or perpetrators didn't care that her body was left out in the open and easily discoverable. Another possibility is that she was dumped at the site and the crimes happened elsewhere. To this day, she is only known as Jane Doe. Not only is her story unsolved, but no one has ever come forward to claim her. She is one of 22 unsolved cases in Douglas County, but a team of investigators are looking at her case once again. New eyes, new technology, with hopes of a new outcome. June 15, 1993, a young woman's body was found here in a campground in Rainbow Falls, northwest of Colorado Springs. She was found half naked, only in this Harley Davidson t-shirt and this jewelry. No belongings or identification. Her head was injured. Douglas County Undersheriff Holly Nicholson Cluth. I think as an investigator, you never know you're going to have a Jane Doe right off the bat. You, you find a body and you believe you're going to find within a day or two who that person is. You're going to put it out on the news, you're going to check databases and someone's going to pop up. 
Um, so I never imagined that 25 years later we still would not know who she is. It's not for lack of trying. In fact, this cold case has been looked at numerous times over the years. I think we reopened it in 98, 2002, 2004, 2008, 2012. She was buried here and she was called Jane Doe. Sean Curtis is a superintendent at Cedar Hill Cemetery in Castle Rock. Jane Doe was buried here in what's called a pauper's grave. The only marker was a small plaque with Jane Doe on it. In 2012, the coroner's office decided to exhume her in order to get more DNA. I helped in the process of getting her out of the ground. So it was uh, very intense and difficult. Jane Doe's femur was then sent to the Smithsonian for isotope testing. The results just may be the reason no one has ever come forward for this young girl. I started my employment in 1999 um, and I ran the fingerprints through our APHIS system, which is the automated fingerprint identification system for the state of Colorado, and didn't get a hit. So what I did was I wrote a letter to every APHIS in every state in the United States, except Hawaii and Alaska. Jane Doe's isotope test came back very likely from Alaska or Southern Canada. Two places detectives are now working to send her DNA and fingerprints. Now the case rests in cold case detective Jason Serbo's hands. These pictures that you have on the table here, some of them are artists' concepts of what she may have looked like based on the skull. Two artists, years apart, used her skull to come up with these clay concepts of what they believe she looked like, even though she could have been anywhere between 13 and 20 years old. Even when both of these images were released to the public, no tips ever panned out. Here we are a quarter century later, and not only has Jane Doe never been identified and her family never notified, but the person responsible for taking this young woman's life has never been brought to justice. That has always bothered me that there wasn't a family out there that said, hey, my daughter's missing and this could be her. Douglas County has obtained a machine called the MVAC. It works like a high-powered upholstery cleaner. Investigator Smith plans to use that on Jane Doe's shirt in the coming weeks. And if there's any DNA on the shirt, either hers or her killer's, it will show up. In addition, Detective Servo is going to Virginia in September to meet with the FBI and several other organizations to roundtable this very case and see if they can come up with any new answers. Nine wants to know, investigative reporter Kevin Vaughn is joining us, digging deeper into this case. You've researched this case as well. Let's talk a little bit about the veterans motorcycle group that was in the area when she was found. Yeah, a few days before her body was found, there was a gathering of uh, a Vietnam veterans motorcycle group very nearby this campground. And um, I think the sheriff's office has always believed because she was wearing a Harley Davidson t-shirt that she may have been there as part of that gathering. Of course, as you can imagine, this would have been the kind of gathering that lots of lots of groups have, and it's not as though they take role and right. create a roster of who appears, people come and go. It's, it's a, a less formal thing. So that's always been on their mind, but I, you know, finding everybody who was there, talking to everybody who was there, was, uh, is a daunting challenge, especially right. after the passage of time, 25 years now. Exactly. And, I, and we know that they talked to many of them, but as you mentioned, it's hard to do that for all of them. And then also talk about there's three individuals. There could be a connection to the girl that's part of this group. Yeah, there was an arrest of, of three people um, sometime before this. I think the undersheriff has always believed that 
this uh, dead woman may have been one of these people who was arrested, but I think they're not confident in the, identif on the identities they have for the people they arrested. Right. And uh, as with any homicide, figuring out who the victim is is pretty elementary to figuring out who killed them. For sure. And so that's a big roadblock here, not knowing for sure this woman's identity. I'd point out there was a there was a body found in Boulder Canyon in the 1950s of a young woman that was just I finally identified in the last few years. So 25 years seems like a long time, but it's not impossible that, that there will be an identity obtained and that that may jumpstart the investigation. Right, with new technology and all that right. kind of stuff. So that woman's picture that you see keep popping up, that's the woman that was arrested with two other guys one year before time. Since she was a minor, uh, they didn't take fingerprints and the three lied about the date of birth, their names right. and all of that. So there they are, kind of, again, at level. Sort of stuck. I mean, they're... they're information about those three people is only as good as the information that was collected at the time they were arrested. Right. And now they know that that information isn't great. Oh, man. All right. Kevin, thank you. I know you're sticking around. Yeah. We're going to answer any questions that you may have coming up on 9 News 7 a.m. We're also going to dig a little bit deeper into this. We put the full story on our website at 9news.com. Somewhere, there is a family wondering where their daughter is. Somewhere, there is a murderer who has not been yet brought to justice. If you have any information about this case and can identify this Jane Doe, please contact Douglas County Coroner's Office at 303-814-7150 or at coroner at douglas.co.us. Thank you for listening to Unsolved Mysteries of the World. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, or your other favorite podcast directory, and subscribe, rate, and review. We would really appreciate your support. If you haven't already, join us on Facebook to enhance this episode with photos, illustrations, and lively discussion. Look for our suggested links, and do share this podcast with others. Perhaps you or someone you know will have a solution to this mystery. This podcast is created by Cold Rasta Studios and includes music and sound effects by John Savoy, Albert Ray, Gerardo Garcia Jr., Rana Szilard, Maddia Capelli, Alex Lisi, Martin Kahlberg, and Adrian Von Ziegler. <laughs>